0: Welcome back to our first podcast. I'm Elijah. And I'm joined by
1: Matt here. Lucas,
0: and we're going to be discussing uh, America and how it uh, is a dystopia. And, um, like, what extent does a fictional dystopia reflect our modern, our modern real world? So, um, uh, in 1984, um, we see that the party teaches their children to um, be very ferocious and uh, uh, have h- anger and hatred towards other superstates and criminals and stuff like that and it's actually the opposite in our society today um looking at the past things that have happened in our society like uh the riots and um just like things in general like the lgbtq community um and being different uh in 1984 the party really encourages or actually forces kind of to uh their citizens to be uh uniform and to be the same and they um, don't want them to be different. And in our society, it's, there's a lot of different kinds of people. There's different races from whatever you are, whatever gender, whatever sex or whatever. Um, so we were actually very different. And, um,
1: Yeah,
2: I, I get that. And I was also thinking that, in our society, we are <clears throat> more independent than obviously the society in 1984. But one of the things that first popped into my mind when I was thinking about America being a dystopia was the quote from 1984 that was, who controls the past controls the future and who controls the present controls the past. And I think that just shows like about in 1984, how they controlled and altered the history of Oceania. But there are like cases where in the US, the history has been altered. And I saw an article that was saying how black history wasn't taught in history. And I feel like when history isn't taught the way it should be, that people have like a different perspective on matters such as black history. They don't know much about it. They don't know much about slavery, much about the cruelty of the history. And I feel like the fact that it's altered means that we could be more towards a dystopia rather than an independent
1: country. Yeah, and we saw that in the article we read with like the 1776 Commission, I think it was called, and then like the 16 what was it something a uh, project where it was just they were trying to uh, make us that. History was more inclusive of other races, but then there was like a battle between how history should be taught and that kind of just shows you how important history is and contro- uh, not controlling people, but just controlling what they believe and just how they view the world.
2: Yeah, I saw different teachers arguing against whether the black history should be taught in different regions of the United States. and it was really interesting seeing the different perspectives of teachers throughout the whole country. And another article I saw, but I, it did seem like majority of them did want to have the right history, which is a contradictory to nineteen eighty that society from nineteen eighty four because in nineteen eighty four the people didn't have you know secondary thoughts or thoughts that would be against um, control or anything like that. So that is a way that it is different the U.S. from Oceania.
3: Yeah, I, I noticed how they keep the proles uh, cuz they make up like over 80. I'm not sure how what the exact percentage is, but the proles make up a huge majority of the population in Oceania. And what the government does is they they keep them ignorant so they're able to manipulate the the, the history as you said. And one another reason I found like they're how America and uh, Oceania are not similar is how People in America, like people who grew up in poverty and who don't have any much, have much money to begin with, they don't have maybe, let's say, the same amount of opportunity to get an education, but it isn't entirely impossible. So I uh, found found out that Oprah Winfrey uh, grew up in poverty in Mississippi, and then she ended up... Uh, gaining popularity with a radio show and then now she's a a billionaire pretty much. Not sure if she's a millionaire or a billionaire, but the moral of the story is she grew up in poverty and her family didn't have as much money as let's say somebody who grew up in LA in the suburbs or something like that. So really shows that people in America have a greater chance of being able to go farther in life than people in Oceania.
0: Yeah, I think you guys all said something very important, like Lucas, the, um, including everything in history, and uh, Kieran, the, uh, also including everything in history, and Matt, you showed that we have a, we're called the Land of Opportunity for a reason, and we don't actually see that in Oceania, so that separates us from them. But I also wanted to talk about, um, like, the Surveillance Society, I guess, so in Oceania, Oceania we actually know that they're being monitored pretty heavily and pretty blatantly and i feel like we're actually are in our society we are kind of the same i feel like it's just more to to like a lesser extent or more like a um i guess low key um i feel like there's there's a lot of um theories out there that state that apple and Um, These companies are actually surveying us through our phones and our everyday devices that we use. So um, it's still, it's not like, it's not exactly like they're like outside watching us every day, but like it's, we, we actually don't know, but it's probably highly likely that they're gathering massive amounts of information and just everyday life and things that we do, which is pretty similar to what they do in Oceania.
1: Yeah. I think the
2: u.s is better off than other countries though as far as a dystopia because in the u.s we at least have access to social media independence and freedom of speech but in countries like China when we were analyzing that that article about the censorship of Chinese citizens you can't have social media apps or even speak to the outside world in China that is just that's an example of a close to a dystopia as you can get in probably the modern world china is really censoring their citizens and yeah
0: yeah i definitely agree with you i definitely think we are grateful and lucky to live in the society that we live in in america and that we don't uh, and that we actually have freedom of speech freedom of press all this stuff we can actually think and it's not exactly like um, 1984. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think you're right about that.
2: And another thing I found interesting about 1984 is the quote, war is peace. And it, after analyzing it, you get to know that it really means that the wars that were happening in 1984 were just for the good of the people, apparently. But you can also see that in diversion of foreign policy in modern day history with many cases of diversion to distract from the real purpose that is trying to be happened or trying to be happening. And one example is like after Bill Clinton was, was uh, after he had admitted to the affair, there were reported terrorist attacks, bomb strikes um on u.s soldiers and it's some people may think it's coincidence but there are many cases of diversion of foreign policy
1: you know and throughout history
0: yeah i agree with you um
1: another thing that i saw that was similar between 1984 and uh america is just how like uh now like warfare is becoming like less and less uh massive casualties on the battle, because like now the US military is using like, drone strikes to execute some because in the book that was supposed to be written by Goldstein, it says that um, the wars are carried out by small amounts of, of troops instead of just all, all at warfare. So it minimizes the damage, and also makes it so that a uh, little can actually be gained or lost through the war. Uh, and just by having the, the drone strikes, it really removes like the dangers of fighting because if the drone is destroyed, it's a lot less destructive than having like a whole group of people being destroyed. Um, and then with less humans fighting, a party in the 1984 can still have like the war frenzy but without all the people involved, which makes them more powerful. Uh,
3: Just to go back on uh, how citizens in America have a little bit more of an opportunity to to gain education. Uh, In our slideshow, we showed that the citizens in China are actually a a lot more like Oceania than America is. And um, a firsthand experience I had with this was in eighth grade, I hosted a Chinese student for an entire year in my house in our house here and he was from Chengdu China and I actually got a little bit of insight on what uh, what life is like in China and he told me that if you're born into the lower class in China there's no possible way you can get up into a higher class and he he personally told me that and we see that directly in Oceania that if you're born a pro you're going to always stay a pro you have no I don't know not real any importance to the society. And uh, I just, I just feel like I should have shared that because it's a really, really good example.
0: Yeah, thank you, Matt That was actually, uh, that was surprising. I that was, yeah, I was very surprised by that. But thank you for sharing that. Um, does anybody else have any more thoughts or comments that they would like to add? Alright, well, Thank you for joining us on our podcast.